0: The
1: Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Our guest during this half of the program, Dr. Sean Foley, history professor and expert on Middle East history. Good morning.
0: Good morning. It's great to have an opportunity to speak with you today um, on this lovely morning. We're actually getting a bit of rain. What a good thing to see on a day like this.
1: Definitely true. So I'm curious, whenever you have students, I'm sure they ask a lot of questions when it comes to the Middle East, when the Middle East is constantly in the news.
0: Oh, absolutely. First of all, they ask a lot of questions. We are very blessed on this campus to have some phenomenal students and anyone who's interested in coming um, they should know we have great faculty but our faculty also have wonderful students when I think about teaching teaching is a two-way street and believe me students will ask you questions and force you to think in ways that you didn't think otherwise so anytime that that hand goes up in the room you know you're in for a challenge but that's also one of the wonderful things about teaching at this university um, not only with the students but we have a superb set of staff including those who organize. the this interview today and an administration that allow me to do my job exceptionally well.
1: So when you go and study, you know, in depth about Israel, about war in Israel, do you sometimes go to Israel to, to document different things?
0: Well, sure, I go to this region and, and I should first begin by saying that when we think about this conflict, this conflict is involving Israel, but also involving the Palestinians in the wider Arab region. And that when we think about this, that's an important. Yes, it's a war. Israel is one of the the two parties involved, but it's not the only one. And in fact, I'll give you an example. I had a conversation last week with one of my former students, who's actually his mother's from Tennessee. His father is from Qatar. He now lives in Qatar. And we had a long conversation about how this conflict was impacting him and the people he knew at his work in his region. So this is, of course, involving Israel, but it's not just Israel as well. And when we think also, I should note about Israel... It's a state that has a variety of different populations and a variety of, of different views. One of my students, um, Lincoln, it has said something wonderful, and I, I like to cite it. He says, this conflict is complicated. You can't just bear it down to one thing. As I said, when you work with students in the classroom, um, they're going to teach you as much as you're going to teach them.
1: And that area of Israel is interesting because it is in a location where it's surrounded by conflict when conflict's also within Israel. I mean, you have Syria. You just got so much going on there.
0: Sure, and I regularly visit the region. Um, uh, Again, I was there in May, and I'll go back there later in the region. I've written extensively on this region, um, including I've spent lots of time in places from Turkey to Syria, the Saudi Arabia and other nations in this region. And I regularly go back in part to get a better idea of what is happening, and I regularly am in communication with friends in places like Israel, but also in the Arab, the larger Arab world as well. Um, again, it's been a, a difficult experience since the beginning of October, watching different people go through an enormous amount of suffering. Um, that there's little, that no matter what side you're on, that there's an Arabic word "kaha," which means the combination of suffering of let add a word of history of weight all together and you can feel that with everybody and it's not just students i should note who are from the region i have students who are from the balkans and when they we're discussing the events that are going on in the middle east um particularly the war between israel and and the populations in gaza they are reminded of what happened in the balkans In the 1990s, even if they didn't necessarily experience it directly, and they feel that weight of that history as well. And it's something that um, is further educated me and helped me better understand the larger world that we're in.
1: Now, your background, you have spoke on multiple TV programs. You have written uh, at least two books already. Um, And those focuses, whenever you're on TV, whenever you're writing books, they're on the Middle East and the changes that are going on in the Middle East that we've seen over the years.
0: Sure, absolutely, and I, I've been very blessed to have the opportunity to to live and to work in the region. Before coming to MTSU, I had multiple fellowships, but also I should add, while being at the university, the university has been able to work with me to have fellowships in the region for me to both support my application for those process and to spend significant time, and that's allowed me to not only. Produce scholarship to books, many articles and other things, but also contribute specifically to the classroom to bring into the the types of things. um, Whenever I go to a conference, whenever I'm overseas, part of what I'm thinking about is how can I bring those that scholarship that I'm working on? And I work on a variety of things um, that I publish. I see no we uh, no wall between what I work as a scholar and what I work, bring into the classroom. Those are the types of things I find extraordinarily um, interesting. And part of what I'm interested in is I'm interested in the politics and history of the region, but I'm also interested in cultural and other types of things that may not necessarily be as political or seemingly you know, violent or other types of things, but do help us better understand those, re- those regions. And I found if you get all that together, you can have a wonderful opportunity to publish and to write, to participate on shows like today, but also to bring your work into the classroom. And to me, that's exceptionally important.
1: When in locations like Tel Aviv in Israel, or maybe somewhere in Syria or Malaysia or Saudi Arabia, out of those places, where do you feel, I guess, the safest whenever doing any type of research
0: um I, you know i i think safe isn't quite the word i'd use um I, again first of all i have friends in all those places and I, one of the things i found is those friendships help define where you are um i've never felt unsafe in almost any part of the world that i've been in um i felt that again it, and and let me pause for a moment you're um, malaysian those other places i should add one other thing that's important um students at, at mtsu have the opportunity to travel and one of the things I strongly encourage students to do is to travel to the region. And in fact, many people who live in this region that we're talking, again, not only in the Middle East, but in Middle Tennessee, have had the opportunity to travel. And I strongly encourage you to travel because it opens your eyes. You teach, I should add it, you learn a lot about where you're fr- where you're going. Absolutely, you talk to friends, you eat new food, you read new things, you learn new histories that you didn't know you could bring the classroom. But the other thing I think is almost as important and often lost is you learn a lot more about where you're from. You learn about where your things are and, and where you're from will transform where those are. And I've had wonderful experiences everywhere I've had the opportunity to travel in the world, and those opportunities have enriched my scholarship, which you know is extensive, but also how I teach in the classroom.
1: And I guess, you know, what you see on TV, these are short snippets of horrible things that have happened, but they're only you know, small snippets within a timeline because there's a lot of other hours and days that passed right there in those countries.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'll give you an example. I have a... a stu- my students today will be reading in a, cl- in a history class in the Middle East a book um, which has a discussion between two women who are from Israel, um, from Jerusalem, one of whom has moved to Canada, and she... And one of them moves to Canada, and the other woman goes to visit her. And when she goes to visit her, she suddenly realizes what you just said, that the snippets that she sees have nothing to do with the daily life of her children. I mean, give you an example, she reads an article about a terrorist attack that takes place in Jerusalem. She's terrified, she calls her kids, and the kids say, well, I've got to go to soccer practice. Um, and so these types of things, its you're, you're right to point that out. And one of the reasons to travel is to get a better perspective of, of what that means. But it's still, Um, That doesn't mean that these events don't happen. When I was in in Istanbul on a research trip, um, there had been a terrorist attack. And one of my colleagues was an Israeli from Jerusalem. And we we heard an explosion. It was at a significant distance. But he looked at us normally and said, oh, that's a car bomb. I'm from Jerusalem. I know that. And, you know, both of those things are true. That's part of what makes telling the story about this region so difficult, but also challenging and rewarding.
1: Again, with us this morning, Dr. Sean Foley, history professor and expert on Middle East history. And when looking at the Middle East and then you talking about travel and how it really opens your eyes and it helps you grow in a lot of ways. But when looking at the Middle East, are there certain areas that appear to have a whole lot more conflict
0: than others? Um, part of it, I mean, sort of it depends on conflict. Um, and again, I should note when we think about conflict, we should do so with a tremendous sense of, of, of a tremendous sense of understanding not only of that region, but also I should note of our own region and of our own societies of trying to understand how cultures and things, we have disagreements in our own society. And it's important to remember when we look at other societies to do so with a tremendous sense of honesty and, and a sense of, under, of understanding about how, by the way, they look at our sense of the world. Um, as well. One of the things I should say about conflict, there are certain regions, obviously the, Air, the Palestinians and the Israelis are one example. There are other regions. But I should actually, if I could turn the conversation in a moment, if you you know, one of my books is, is on the arts um, and on, on arts. And, and, the, and one of the things that I find that I've learned from these artists is they've looked at conflict within their own societies, oppositional forces. And part of what their art is looking at is trying to find ways to find how do we have people who disagree on fundamental issues still exist in the same space. And when I travel to the region, part of what I'm interested in doing is looking at their work and thinking, what do we get, what could we learn, what could I learn from what they're doing about conflict in that context? Bring that, of course, to my writing I've written about it, but maybe also help us bring a little closer to helping to think about the conflicts that we see in our day-to-day lives here.
1: How do you write and report on conflict because it's a tough subject to begin with because you literally have to understand both sides of the issue?
0: Actually, it's even more complicated than that because most of the times again going back to my student Lincoln. It's multiple sides It's not just we want to say Arab Israeli Well, the problem when you say Arab Israeli for instance in a class is that there are significant disagreements within Israeli society I'm gonna give you an example. The conflicts that we're seeing now between Hamas and Israel were predated by an enormous political fight in Israeli society that went to almost the basic being of sort of how do they define their judicial system, how do they define their political system, where you have demonstrations with hundred, you know, hundred thousand people on the streets protesting against their government in a democratic society that's conflict by itself. And so when you think about that, part of what you then have to do is step back and be able to say phrases like, yes, but, to be able to understand that there can be, again, as I mentioned earlier about that reality about Jerusalem, both of those can be existent simultaneously. And part of what you then have to do, both in your writing and in the classroom, is be open to those multiple realities. When I think about teaching, um, you wanna create windows where there were once walls. And that's the same thing with writing. You have to be able to to do that in that context.
1: In Israel, in, uh, for example, Jerusalem, you've got two major religions, those who are Muslim, those who are Jewish. And for the most part, it seems like they have lived without a lot of conflict when you look at the bigger picture in Jerusalem. Then you hear stories about Palestinian territories and how that plays a role in some of this fighting this going
0: on well let's back up again remember jerusalem is also a holy city to christians so it's not just um it's not just muslims and jews who are in jerusalem um, in in jerusalem they're also christians as well the jerusalem is is part of a region that many people um if i say the holy land that's you know that this is bethlehem is close by these other places and again it's an extraordinarily difficult issue but i should note you're correct to say from much of history these different communities have been able to get along. And that me—and I take that actually as a positive sign because it means in the future, the reality we're in, um, again, where we read about this history and this violence, means that it's possible one day that we could live in a new reality again, one that may better reflect the realities that have been in the past. Again, the, the conflict we're looking at between um, Israel and Gaza is part of a conflict that in reality, you know, has its roots, yes, deep in the past, but it's part of history that's about 100, maybe 115, 120 years. And that, to me, leaves some sense of hope. Um, In the past, also in the Arab-Israeli conflict, there have been periods of intense fighting, but also periods where that intense fighting has led to new realities, new ways of looking at the world that have been significantly more peaceful.
1: You know, I, I don't know that those three religions of of those who are muslim those who are christian those who are jewish i don't know that they can live as closely together as they do there in jerusalem here in america because it seemed like there
0: would be more conflict here versus there um i would first by say and and before even when we think about those three religions one of the things when you realize when you go there is there are differences within those communities Again, as we know here, Christianity is, there is Catholic, Catholic, there are Protestant traditions. Within the Protestant tradition, there are different ideas. Within the Catholic tradition, there are different ideas. And that the first thing to say is there are differences even within those three communities. But I would actually argue that if you look at the United States, we actually have all those communities here. We have Jew- Jews as part of Middle Tennessee who have been here since the mid-19th century. We have Muslim communities. We have communities also of Arab Christians. We have a very large and fortunate to have a large community, a Coptic Egyptians. Copts, of course, are Egyptians. Um, but they're egyptians of christian of of the christian background and people go back a long way and actually to actually argue that all those communities live here um we also have kurds and others and they've made tremendous contributions i should note in my classroom i've had very good students but also in our larger community
1: but are those religions here as stout as they are there because there you even have a muslim prayer song that goes out over loudspeakers i don't know if that's all year long every single day but you don't hear that in america
0: Actually, that's not the case. There are actually portions of the United States today that actually have loudspeakers. First of all, those go on multiple times a day, um, and those go on all year. But no, there are portions of the United States, um, in the Midwest, for instance, um, where there are communities that actually have have the call to prayer over loudspeakers.
1: See, I I had no idea.
0: (laughs) Again, we're in the education business. Just as you help me educate understanding about the radio, every time I'm on the radio, I learn a lot from people like you. The same way it's a two-way street. I'm, I wonder, I'm glad I've had the opportunity to help you un- see the world slightly bigger.
1: And again, with us this morning, Dr. Sean Foley, history professor and expert on the Middle East at MTSU. And you also have a website. So, as we close this morning, how can folks learn more about you?
0: Well, you can take a look at my website, www.seanfoley.org. You can also find inf- information about me through my MTSU website as well. And if you have students, um, again, people considering going to new colleges universities, I'm one of a number of faculty members at MTSU. We have a strong research, but we also have strong teaching as well we have an enormous commitment to being both t- being both teachers but also being scholars as well and active in the community and i greatly appreciate the opportunity to speak to you and to your listeners today
1: oh well, thank you again dr sean foley with us this morning from mtsu time right now eight forty-eight. we do have more news and more information coming your way in just a minute the Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.
0: Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizem of Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. your doctor today about Sky Rizzi, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzi.com or call one 866 sky to learn more.
1: If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender.